Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that sees two movies with something in common go head-to-head to see which one does it better on this week's episode. In the red corner... Anything Marvel can do doesn't work out quite the way DC had hoped after they decided they wanted a slice of the Avengers-shaped pie and fast-tracked their big-screen superhero team-up. But after changing directors, massive rewrites and disappointing box office, did they really fail to do their heroes justice? From 2017, it's Justice League. There's an attack coming from far away. Not coming, Bruce. It's already here. While in the blue corner, at the time of recording this, we have yet to watch this week's Challenger, but let's be optimistic. What a difference two extra hours make. Zack Snyder has righted all the wrongs of 2017's Justice League. It's fantastic. And in the interest of parity, it's four hours of awful. From 2021, it's Zack Snyder's Justice League. I had a dream. Almost like a premonition. I think there's an attack coming. My lord, this world will fall. I need warriors. I'm building an alliance to defend ourselves. So, what connects these two movies, and which one does it better? Let's find out. It's Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken! Hello, Clash Potters. Did you ever fight a hippo? I'm Alex Zane. <laughs> Vicky Crompton. Oh, Chris Tilly. <laughs> That's a strong start. Ah, it is, isn't it? It's how they start the movie, so it's how we start this episode. <laughs> how does um, today find both of you? Victoria, how are you? I'm feeling really good. Um, yeah, no snide, no snarkiness. I'm very excited about the next few weeks, about maybe getting out of here, <laughs> of my house. Uh, God, hope it happens. I really do. Yeah. So, that, yeah, I'm pretty cheerful today. I mean, I, I was, uh, and then I bought some uh, some new slipper boots. So I'm I'm not as anxious to get out of the house because um, we're at that honeymoon phase, you know, when they, you've just first bought slipper boots and they're really, really comfortable before they start to smell and you wash them and then all the joy that was in them is gone. I don't know what a slipper boot is. Is that something you can wear outside as well? Can you put the bins out in it or can you go to the shop in it? 
Yeah, well, actually, that's an interesting question because some slipper boots are just internal slipper boots, but right. these ones are exactly what you just described. I can leave the house because they have a thicker rubber sole on, yeah. so they're indoor and outdoor slipper boots, but a slipper yeah. boot can be both. Okay, great. Chris, how are you? Yeah, good. I've got nothing self-indulgent to say, though, so... Self-indulgent? Oh, judgy McJudgy. Rude. Talking about slippers. All of a sudden, it's me, me, me. (laughs) I mean, in his defence, he's really set his stall out. He doesn't like the small talk segment I've added to the top of the show anyway, so he's going to get more and more angry about (laughs) it. This is just the beginning. (laughs) It's especially the lockdown chat because it'll so horribly date us as soon as uh, lockdown lifts and people are listening to those episodes. Let's just pretend it's not happening then. Let's just pretend (laughs) everything's fine, Chris, like always. Or do a lockdown Mm. podcast and stick to film on this one (laughs) jeez jesus christ lockdown makes some people very short-tempered i found Mm. (laughs) right this week's clash then christopher i'll crack on justice league versus Zack snyder's justice league so we have opted to cover the theatrical version on this episode before watching the snyder cut so while most of you will likely have seen it we have not because we thought it would be too confusing and we wanted to give the theatrical cut its fair dues so yet to watch Zack snyder's justice league Just covering Justice League on this episode. That will be Thursday. Uh, Now, before we get into this episode, a look ahead. Christopher, we're doing something special for the next few weeks, aren't we? Yes. As the Academy Awards are fast approaching, Mm. we are doing our very own Oscar season, Uh, meaning each week for a month we'll be featuring a former Best Picture winner. And we'll have the clue for the first one at the end of this show. I can't wait. I'm really excited about this. I think it's a great idea. Well, it's up in the quality, isn't it? A bit after Geostorm yeah, exactly. and, and uh, Justice League theatrical cut. Let's have some quality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's have some quality. Um, right. So this week, uh, Justice League versus Zack Snyder's Justice League. These were victorious choices. Uh, I mean, it's kind of obvious, but for the sake of continuity, why, Victoria? Uh, because Chris told me to, which is always... Yep. <laughs> uh, there's, yeah, uh, they're, con- they're very heavily connected. So it was a good idea. And the clue you gave us on last week's show was? Mm. Justice is giving the people what they want. Chris, follow that up on Twitter with? First cut is the bleakest. I have to say, Chris, I saw that. I thought it was amazing. Well done. I was going to text you and then I didn't. It's really good. Thank you. It's good. It's good. (laughs) I was quite excited. Uh, So... (laughs) <laughs> uh, the guesses flooded in on Twitter. As always, we are at ClashPod on Twitter. We're also on Instagram at ClashPod. Uh, before we get to the correct guesses this week, a couple of suggestions for future clashes uh, that I thought were worth mentioning. Because, uh, Chris, you put the question out there saying, any ideas based on a selection of uh, Blu-rays that had just arrived to your house? Um, David Pearson says, Deep Rising versus Virus. David Pearson, I love that. That was actually on my personal list, and I was just building up the confidence to um, pitch that uh, to Vicky and Chris because I don't think it's going to be met with a resounding. (laughs) I mean, are they available? Are they? If they're both readily available, maybe we could think about it. I've just haven't heard of them for about twenty years. Either film, (laughs) (laughs) two outstanding films. Um, uh, Peter Stirrup says, "Escape from New York versus Doomsday or Lockout." He seems to think that it won't be a fair fight. I don't know. I have a lot of love for Lockout. Not so much Doomsday, but Lockout certainly, I think, does well with Escape from New York. Um, David Hill. Hello, David. He says, Robot Jocks versus Pacific Rim Uprising. Uh, I see what you're doing there, David. I'm going to raise the stakes and say Robot Jocks versus Rocky Four. How about that? <sighs> How about that as a pairing? Anything versus Rocky mm. Four, I'd be happy with. 
but but robot jocks versus Rocky Four. Yeah. And um, a lot of people are trying to work out what to put with Total Recall that will make it a fair fight. Uh, someone suggested Total Recall versus Born Identity. Someone says Total Recall versus Running Man. Someone says Total Recall versus Minority Report. So some interesting suggestions there. If you've got a suggestion for what you think we should put up against Total Recall, get onto Twitter. And finally, uh, from uh, the world of Twitter, Aaron says, how about Waterworld versus Aquaman? And then he says, no, sorry, that's too odd. Uh, that's correct, Aaron. <laughs> Waterworld belongs to Fury Road, doesn't it, Chris? Move on. Good. Uh, <laughs> correct answers from Johnny Tightlips, Gemma Page and Connor Aqua, who were all beaten to the punch by Gary Bailey, who was faster than a speeding bullet with his correct guess. Congratulations, Gary. Your prize is justice. The connection section. Are we doing it this week? Um, if we're going to do it, we should do it on Thursday's show, I think, rather than today's. Right, we'll do that on Thursday. So... Today, um, I am going to be in a league of my own because on Thursday, Chris is bringing his own brand of justice to the show. So without further ado, let me take you on the journey. Batman knows aliens are coming. And thanks to some exposition from a criminal, we're told it's because Superman is dead. At which point, it's clear that everyone is going to be delivering exposition in this movie. Even people who are only on screen for one scene and are playing characters you wouldn't normally expect exposition from, like a criminal, are going to be delivering exposition. That is how much exposition is in this movie. Everyone has to deliver it. Kind of makes you realise why Marvel did all those solo movies before the Avengers, right? Anyway, Batman needs a team and some more exposition. So assembles Aquaman, The Flash, Wonder Woman and Cyborg, who can't together stop some evil CGI. So they raise Superman from the dead, who does it all for them on his own really easily. The end. Wait, sorry, there's some bullshit with the Russian family. The end. <laughs> so individual histories oh, with God. this movie, Christopher. <laughs> Um, I can't 100% remember watching it, which is strange because it wasn't that long ago. But I did um, Google whether I'd seen it <laughs> and, yeah. and I'd, I'd written an article, um, something to do with like the, the, the 15 weirdest moments in Justice League. So I, I went home and wrote something about it, but I can't remember much more beyond that. Is this going to be one of those shows where you dip into a former article that you've written to pull out moments from it to entertain us with past Chris? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Victoria. Um. So same really. I can't um a hundred percent remember watching it, but I watched it last week. That's how bad it is. There you go. <laughs> um. I'm. I'm kind of with both of you. I actually think this might be the third time I've watched it, and I am genuinely amazed by how difficult it is to retain any part <laughs> of this movie in one's head. Now, it is, I, I swear it's actually quite an incredible feat to make a movie that has Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman in it, Wonder Woman in it, to make it this forgettable that every time you watch it, it's like the first time because you're like, I did not remember, impossible to retain I, I agree. This, when, this scene. When they announced that when uh, what date the Snyder Cut was going to come out on the TV, um, I suggested we do this. And that was about a month ago. And I straight away mm -hmm. thought, well, I want to watch them quite far apart if I can, because it'll drive me mad if I watch them back to back. So I watched it a month ago. Um, and it, uh, equally, I'm looking at my notes and I can't remember stuff that I've written down that clearly happens in the film. It's how's he done? How have they done this? 
it's actually quite phenomenal. <laughs> like, I, this, the, the, someone needs to analyse this on a scientific <laughs> level. That images can appear on a screen that immediately exit your brain as quickly as they arrive. Incep- he's inceptioned us somehow. <laughs> uh, so, here we go then. Would you like to know a bit about the history of this movie? This is going to be a little bit of a bigger section because uh, there's quite a lot to get through, but I will try and keep it uh, as relevant as possible. Ah, right. Uh, because there's so much to get through, I am going to skip right over the original plans to make a Justice League film in 2007, which had George Miller directing, featured Army Hammer as Batman and Adam Brody as The Flash, written by one of the writers of Geostorm. I've read it. There's just too much to unpack there. <laughs> I've read it. There's a, there's a big plot to do with a chain of superhero restaurants is is part wow. of the big the big villainous <laughs> plot at the end where there's something in the food. They're like a it's Planet Hollywood, but for superheroes. And yeah, it's in the food. Whatever's changed, make turning people crazy. Okay. On, on any other day, that would sound <laughs> like a terrible idea. And, and yet, I'd rather have seen that movie. Um, Let's focus on what happened with this movie then. So Zack Snyder uh, makes Man of Steel. And despite the so-so reviews and just okay box office for a Superman movie, uh, I think it made just over half a, half a billion, but they expected more. He is given the keys to the DC extended universe. And he sets out his plan for a five-film arc, starting with Man of Steel, and then Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, and then a Justice League trilogy. This was his five-film plan. Now, his original idea for Justice League was going to involve time travel, as was teased in Batman versus Superman, with the Flash coming back from the future to warn Batman about what was going to happen to the planet. Lois Lane was going to die in it. Uh, there was going to be a lot more set on Earth when Steppenwolf had made it look like Apocalypse, his home planet. Um, Chris Terrio, uh, the writer, the uh, writer of Argo, uh, and indeed the rewriter of Batman versus Superman, and the writer of Justice League, uh, describes their original script as dark and scary, with visuals influenced by H.R. Geiger. Then Batman vs Superman comes out and people do not like how dark and scary it is. Despite Snyder saying that this movie was always going to be the darkest of the whole set and they were going to get more hopeful from here, Warner's ears prick up at the fan response to this movie and the general lackluster box office and the fact that people are not feeling this dark DCEU. So it kind of was the reviews to this and the fan response that well, kind of demolished Warner Brothers' faith and confidence in Zack Snyder's vision. I will interject here and say I do think the ultimate edition of Batman versus Superman is fantastic. I absolutely love it. 30 minutes extra footage. It's quite an experience to watch those two back to back and see how much difference 30 minutes can make to a film's pacing and the experience of watching it. Have either of you seen the ultimate edition of Batman versus Superman? I'm sure you you have. No. Yes, I thought it was shite, but Oh, it, really? But it, the, but, but the it made more one. it made more sense. Like there was so okay. many holes in the plot of the theatrical cut that this filled in the blanks, but I just thought the tone mm. and the the pace of it was completely off and it felt way too long and I didn't know enjoy it. Okay. All right. Well, I did. I thought it was great. Nevertheless, uh, Warners uh, have decided that, listen, uh, we want our movies to be lighter in tone, more fun. 
So Snyder and Chris Terrio do a reworking of the script to make it just that. And then they begin filming in the UK. So uh, I actually visited the set of this and it was a lot of fun. I got to walk around Leavesden Studios and the sets were huge. The transport that Bruce Wayne has, like they built that as a triple decker, like actual set that you could walk around inside. It was pretty cool. Um, I also, and you'll enjoy this, I hope, I also I tried on Wonder Woman's outfit, uh, which <laughs> raised a few eyebrows um, uh, uh, among people. I was invited to. Honestly, you were like, oh, no. what's that over there? Then when everyone was distracted, you're like, oh, for fire, quick. <laughs> oh, look at me. I'm an Amazonian now. <laughs> oh, I'm so beautiful. Look at my long legs. You do have skinny legs. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, end on a positive. Um, yeah, I, I I put it on. Um, the woman who was guiding us around was like, yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure Gal won't mind. Uh, you put put it on. And I, even at the time, I was like, oh, it kind of feels a bit like I've, I've gone through Gal Gadot's wardrobe and <laughs> and just sort of got have a bit of a rummage while she's not, uh, not here. So I put it on. It was funny for a, a bit. And then when I got to meet the cast who were just on a break between filming, the woman walks me over and tells Gal Gadot that I've just had her outfit on. And the expression on her face was not, that's hilarious. It was like, why? Yeah. yeah. Why, why have you sweated why, into why, my clothes? <laughs> precisely. Why have you put my costume uh, on? And I was like, it, it really backfooted me, if I'm honest. Alex, I, sorry. I, 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 I've got questions. So, yep. I mean, I think something I was going to talk about when we go through the film is that it's a more revealing, sexualized uh, Wonder Woman in this film than, than what Patty Jenkins did, uh, mm. which is a strange um, decision uh, that, that Joss Whedon or, or Zack Snyder took. How much of the costume did you put on? Because it's, all, it's, it's quite revealing. It was fine. I looked pretty good. I, 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 it was a very strange day. <laughs> It's just a strange day. Anyway, uh, it was very cool, the set, being there when Zack Snyder was directing it. Um, I I enjoyed it very much. Um, He puts together uh, a very rough cut of the film uh, to show to the uh, Warner's execs, including uh, the CEO, uh, Kevin Tsujihara. And he doesn't really like this cut. Now, this is the cut that became famous as the Snyder cut this cut of the film this vfx free rough edit of the basic building blocks of the film but warners aren't too keen on it uh, and so uh, jeff johns and john berg um the uh, were dispatched to the set the the creative chiefs of dc entertainment were dispatched to the set to keep an eye on what zack snyder was doing it doesn't really work and um, I think it's important to cement here this idea of what the Snyder Cut was again, because I think it was Kevin Smith who came out and said that he'd been speaking to people behind the scenes and they'd basically gone, look, I think the idea that's out there right now is that this is a completed film, that Zack Snyder has an alternate cut of this movie that is complete, and it wasn't. Kevin Smith said when people hear the Snyder Cut in their heads, they think about a DVD they've seen of an extended cut or something that's finished. The Snyder Cut was never a finished film. It was a movie that people in production could watch and fill in the blanks. It was certainly not meant for mass consumption. Sources inside Warner Brothers, uh, despite the fact that it was intentionally unfinished, no VFX, described it as unwatchable. So this is where things get a bit murky uh, in the story. 
because Jeff, um, sorry, Joss Whedon is brought in at this point, and he's brought in primarily, it seems initially, to, to be a writer on it, to add some ideas. Zack Snyder even speaks about really welcoming him to the fold and being like, that's great. If he's got some ideas, we can throw them in. This will be lovely, working with Joss Whedon on this movie. Obviously, he'd been uh, such a, a big thing in the MCU. It was a, an exciting thing to have him working on this movie. And then, obviously, there's the terrible tragedy in Zack Snyder's life uh, with the death of his daughter, and Snyder decides to step away from the project because things are becoming quite tense on the sets in terms of where the power lies and how much power Whedon is being given, at which point Whedon takes over directing duties, as we all know. Now, there is a rumour at the time that uh, Snyder had already been fired from the movie. Warners had had enough with his vision and they wanted Whedon to come in. These are just rumours, but that's a possibility that Snyder had already gone and then the story was that he'd stepped away for a family tragedy. That's definitely what I heard. Before the tragedy Mm. struck Zack Snyder and his family, I'd heard that the footage he was sending in was so bad um, that they wanted to part ways with him, that they wanted to get him off the movie, that it was unreleasable what he was um, showing to the studio. That was what I heard from Mm. a couple of producers I know in the state. So I was was waiting for him to get fired, essentially. Um, I thought that was what was going to happen. Obviously, then something very horrible happened in his personal life. And and he he spoke to the New York Times um, recently and said the decision to leave was 100% mine. I knew the fight that I was in for with them and my family needed me and I needed them. I was in a struggle at home and then to go to my place of work and be in a second struggle there seemed like an outrageous thing to do to myself and my loved ones. So that's how he's um, put how what happened. And the other, like you say, the other side of the coin is obviously the idea that uh, that Warner's at this point just wanted to change the tone of Justice League so entirely that they didn't feel Zack Snyder was the man to do it anymore. They wanted it to be literally brighter uh, on screen, uh, funnier, more quippy, basically more like the MCU. So that's where Whedon comes in. Um he rewrites and shoots uh, about 80 new pages of script for Justice League, adding more humour, changing the scenes, um, shooting his reshoots on an entirely different format. He used digital, whereas Snyder had been shooting on 35mm, which is why when you watch this movie, uh, it A, looks really confused, and B, some scenes look incredible, and other scenes look absolutely awful. Uh, he was also instructed by Warners to make sure the film was no longer than two hours. Snyder's cut had been about three hours, 45 minutes that Warners had watched at this point. So uh, ultimately, it's reckoned Whedon reshot about 75% of Justice League. Um, <laughs> what's quite funny is that uh, an anonymous... Warner Brothers executive uh, stated uh, in February this year, just last month, uh, Whedon didn't exactly save the movie. When we got to see what Joss actually did, it was stupefying. The robber on the rooftop so goofy and awful, the Russian family so useless and pointless, everyone knew it. It was so awkward because no one wanted to admit what a piece of shit it was. (laughs) Yeah. And then we get into the area of the story that I think I'm going to leave to you, Chris, because this is where the mm. rallying call sounds around the world for release, the Snyder Cut. Are you happy for me to leave that to you? Yeah. Well, Chris will pick up the story of what happens next 
on Thursday's episode. Uh, so the movie, uh, despite earning $657 million globally, which sounds like a lot of money, uh, it was a flop. It actually lost uh, Warner's money in the end, about $60 million, they reckon, because of the $300 million initial budget, $25 million for Whedon's reshoots, uh, about 100 to $150 million on marketing costs. So yeah, it it's didn't the, give them the billion dollars that they wanted like Avengers. It's the fifth most expensive movie ever behind um, three of the Avengers and a Pirates of the Caribbean, which is yeah. remarkable yeah. Um, considering how cheap it looks. Mm. Awful. Yeah. Um, Zack Snyder has never seen the theatrical cut. Um, Christopher Nolan, Deborah Snyder did once uh, watch it um, and they came out and told him that you can never see that movie. <laughs> it will break your heart. Oh. So he has never seen the theatrical cut. Right then. Do you feel like I've missed anything in the history of Justice League? No, you did a good, a relatively good job, Alex. I'll, I'll take that from you, Chris. That's nice. Thank you. Thanks very much. <laughs> right, let's talk about this movie. Um, so uh, we open with a Whedon moment, clearly because of the famous moustache gate, which <laughs> is Superman being filmed by some kids and interviewed by some kids looking ridiculous so the story is they had to bring him back for reshoots henry cavill he'd already grown a mustache for mission impossible fallout and despite chris mcquarrie going you can pay us what it costs to shut down filming on fallout and he can shave the mustache off for you it was actually the paramount execs that went nah we're not gonna have that he's got to keep his mustache and we're gonna carry on with fallout so uh have fun Warners, and so they had to to remove his mustache, and it just it just looks it looks ridiculous. And that's your opening scene to a movie, and you're already on the uh, the movie's already on the back foot. That's the most insane thing. It's not only that they did it; it's that they decided to put it essentially front and center by 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 happening at the start of the film. So the first thing yep. you see is this just bizarre thing that completely takes you out of the movie. This strange visual. It just seems like the, this is the craziest decision. Yeah, and it doesn't really add anything. I, I, it's, 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 it's not a sort of key scene. I mean, I guess it's sort of feeding into this idea, oh, remember Superman? Wasn't Superman great? Look at him chatting to these kids, and now he's gone, and the world is shit because he's gone and dead. But, I mean, there are other ways to do that. <laughs> also, in my personal experience, if you shave off a moustache, it grows back in about eight hours. Yeah, you are <laughs> astute. So, yeah. Hey, four for me. It's just like, bang, I just have to... <laughs> Just if I hold my breath, yeah, I just grew one. I just grew one now. Uh, so that's <laughs> that's the awful start. That just weird Henry Cavill's face. Uh, then we get more weed in a brand new scene in the form of Batman versus Burglar on the rooftop. Um, Whedon created the scene. He wanted to bring in this notion of parademons being attracted by the smell of fear, uh, which happens here and obviously happens again at the end. Um, I don't love this scene. I think it looks a bit flat and ugly. And I think there's just weird choices have been made. I don't like the fact that the burglar literally has a sack over his shoulder. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, I don't, they, I bet they were conversations about writing swag yeah. on it. Uh, like, but like, shall we put him in a stripy top and a mask and just really like, shall we go full hamburglar? on this guy <laughs> it's just ridiculous that a man is crawling out the window with a burlap sack and he's a burglar um this is criminal exposition as i'm calling him here to say things like a scout from space <laughs> like an alien army <laughs> you're like 
God, what is happening already in this film? And in Whedon's defense, he did shoot this scene initially as a joke. Uh, it was a much funnier scene. Holt uh, McElhaney, who's the criminal in it, said the scene was written and filmed by Whedon as funny, but Warner wanted a more serious tone to open the film, so it was re-edited, and uh, Whedon uh, apparently sent him a bottle of champagne, uh, the actor, uh, Holt, uh, and a card that read, uh, to battles lost, gratefully, <laughs> Joss. So I guess he feels like um, the poor Holt uh, McElhaney, who I always call the guy from Mindhunters, um, was... Um, was hard done by because he's, he's playing it for laughs and Batman isn't. <laughs> and it's sort of like that bit where he sort of hops, he hop, he's tied up and he hops into the back of the shot and you're like, I don't know what I'm meant to be taking from this. <laughs> uh, then we get the titles and uh, Seagreed cover of Leonard Cohen's Everybody Knows, uh, which oh. is definitely a hangover from Snyder's version because uh, it's a song that basically goes, strap in, this won't be fun. You ready? <laughs> <laughs> it's a superhero movie like you don't really know. There's going to be a lot of moping. Um, and then we get that weird Metropolitan Post headline. Uh, did you see that little headline where it's like, did they go back to their own planet and a picture of Superman next to David Bowie yeah. and Prince? Yeah. yeah I quite like that. I know it's cute. I like the David Bowie thing. It's nice. I think it's a bit it's a bit tasteless. And I'm not I'm not yeah. really understanding as well. I thought I didn't didn't. The last two Zack Snyder films posit that we all hate Superman, but we're now all sad that he's um, dead. Well, I'm I'm assuming that that montage of people being racist um, is because Superman's gone and gone, and they're all starting to realise that um, that without him, um, racists are going to run a, run amok. Sure, I guess I guess the the concept in this universe is that he's he's God essentially, and when God's gone. The, the weaker and nastier opportunist elements, opportunistic elements of society sort of rise up and, and it sort of gives an opportunity for Satan to come in the form of Steppenwolf, I guess. Oh, isn't that, isn't that, well, I, I think you're right. I think, isn't that pretty much all Zack Snyder's superhero movies where he views superheroes as gods and, and, and positions them mm. as gods and has very, very little time for the humans? in these it's all about gods and dealing with their godlike powers and their responsibility and uh, humans uh, are just collateral to uh, to be vaporized in these godlike battles another Whedon um edition uh, i believe so this is where we get to wonder woman's introduction now uh, which i finally we get something fun um which is wonder woman uh, she uh, arrives on screen standing on lady justice in london cool moment <laughs> helped by that awesome Wonder Woman score. Her score is great. Um, I love the bit where she runs along the row of hostages and deflects yeah. the bullets. That uh, was really I think... good. I mm. just think, in why is it it's only in films that school kids have tours of banks because I don't remember ever being taken to a bank as a child, but this is definitely not the first time. Any time there's going to be a bank robbery, there's a fucking group of school kids there. Of course there is, because they're always in banks having a tour of the bank. Have you ever been on a tour of a bank as a child? It's an, is it a bank? I thought it was the Courts of Justice. Possibly. I thought it was the Bank of England. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was Gringotts. <laughs> Which is a bank. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> uh, regardless, I'm, I'm surprised. We, I guess we just went to different schools, Victoria. I guess we just went to different schools. I was always touring banks in my school and they gave us money at the end. No, I've never been to a bank uh, uh, on a tour. I imagine no. it'd be quite interesting, though. 
I mean, very dangerous. I mean, all you need to do is find a kid who's, um, you know, good with uh, good with firearms. <laughs> 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 who's handy with a shooter? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, but they, they, they're not just any old robbers. These guys. They are uh, a, a band of reactionary, a small band of reactionary terrorists. Um, which is, uh, oh, you'll appreciate this, Victoria, because I know how you feel about dialogue that is just bad. Uh, this is a, a British reactionary terrorist with a quintessentially British accent using the term four city blocks, uh, something <laughs> no British person has ever said. I guess, I, I mean, it, when you've only got, you know, it's got to be under two hours, this film. That was the that was what Joss Whedon had to deliver. When you've only got two hours, everything has to be connected, I think. And this is just yeah. weirdly sort of out of place. Unless actually looking at it now, they want to take, take the world back to the Dark Ages, which is, I guess, Steppenwolf's plan. But there's no connection between the two of them. So it just seems wasted time um, mm-hmm. that, that the film later on spends rushing through uh, plot when it actually could be using this 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 time a little more smartly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I guess the only the only thing is, you know, is it setting up this idea that Wonder Woman works alone? Because there's her arc is, I guess, she has to learn to work with people and also be a leader. Which uh, this could be like, I, I agree, but it could be something to do with Steppenwolf and the Parademons rather than this random group of reactionary terrorists that I'm expecting to somehow play into the plot later in the film and don't. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what parts of this are in this um, Zack Snyder's version. Um, so we're doing the intros. Basically, we're doing the rounds here. That was Wonder Woman's intro. She's hard as nails and can intercept bullets. That was very exciting. I, I did enjoy that. It gave me goosebumps. Uh, Aquaman is next. Um, Clearly, this is Snyder's work because it looks freaking great. This moment where Ben Affleck is standing on top of that cliff, the depth and like the scale is awesome. Uh, he goes into what I'm guessing is the town hall of a fishing village and starts saying, <laughs> I'm looking for a stranger who comes on the king tide. And everyone's like, oh, what stranger? We don't know any strangers. Who could it be? Batman is the world's greatest detective. It's definitely that guy yeah. in the corner He's who's just not there. Icelandic. <laughs> <laughs> you know the one who looks totally different to everyone else in the room with the blue contacts in? The guy where who, there's a mural of him on the wall holding a fish. It's, it's so badly him. written. It's so badly written. He's the world's greatest detective. He goes there and the bloke he's looking for is just sitting there. And he doesn't clock him straight. It's just ter- It's just terrible. Mm. It's such a bad introduction for Aquaman. Yeah. Uh, what's also terrible is uh, when the film is played in Iceland, um, Jason Momoa's line that he speaks in Icelandic uh, is apparently so unintelligible to uh, native Icelandic speakers that it had to be subtitled in Icelandic <laughs> oh, on <no>. the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's that line that Momoa didn't want in the movie here. Uh, he sort of fought to have the line where Ben Affleck, uh, Bruce Wayne goes, uh, I hear you can talk to fish. He wanted that taken out because he said it was basically going to undo all the hard work he was trying to do in redirecting the Aquaman character in a way that was obviously less embarrassing to all the jokes that people did about Aquaman talking to fish. But it made it in. It's all right. I don't really mind it. I think it's quite funny. And a little bit of humor doesn't go amiss in this movie. Uh, anyway, 
We're on, I'm guessing, a plane now, although there's no external shots of it. Uh, we're straight. It could be a train. It could be a big bus. Uh, I, I'm not, it's not clear where they are. I would love it if it was like exterior, the fanciest National Express you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, uh, they're talking about assembling this team. This is clearly a new addition because it's, um, it's this sort of loose idea that there is a romantic... Uh, plot between Bruce Wayne and Wonder Woman, which was another Whedon introduction. This wasn't in Snyder's thing uh, plan. Uh, Snyder actually had Bruce Wayne and Lois Lane uh, having a romantic thing, or at least Bruce Wayne being very attracted to Lois Lane and comforting her while she was mourning Superman's death. But that was nixed by Warner Brothers fairly early on. So here uh, we get this bit where Bruce Wayne goes, so I'm only interested in her skill set. And good old Jeremy Irons goes, oh, I'm sure you are. And just in case we weren't aware it was a joke, he does an Eric Morecambe <laughs> glasses raise. He goes, oh, <laughs> I'm sure you are. <sighs> uh, a nice little, a nice, I say nice, I say nice because it reminds you of a better film. And he goes, so remember when we just had to worry about exploding wind-up penguins? And you're like, Batman oh, Returns was yeah. a good film, wasn't it? Well, it's the same when they put in the music cues from from better films. Oh. Yeah, it's um, it's a dangerous thing to do. Yeah, and it I mean, with that, with that, I don't mind the Superman one. I think the Batmobile, where in the final battle, when they uh, Danny Elfman obviously rescored this after Junkie XL was uh, booted off, and um, he uh, he puts in the the Batman Returns thing, and that's that just makes you think of a better film. I like how obscene it is using the duh, 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 John Williams Superman score at a moment where Superman is beating the shit out of good guys. I thought mm. that was kind of perverse. I like. I didn't mind that so much. Um, then we get the Flash intro, uh, 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 another reshoot where he draws on the prison guy, prison the evil guy's face with a marker pen. Um, because the prison guard is played by Mark McClure, who was the original Jimmy Olsen in the Superman movies. And he was brought back in to shoot that scene because they wanted him in the movie. And he'd been in another scene that Joss Whedon had cut, a big fight in the park that was completely re-edited. It's fine. A little bit of humour from Barry Allen's The Flash. I don't like like the button on this scene where he goes, goes glasses to make you look smart. And the guy reaches up to touch his face. Like, well, you wouldn't do that. If someone said they does to make you look smart, you'd be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You wouldn't sort of try and touch your face. It's just a, just a, a it's scruffy. It's scruffily done. It's like, it's, it feels like just no one really cared at this point. <laughs> On that note, before we uh, meet uh, Cyborg, let's take a quick break. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Right, Cyborg, looking forward to uh, Snyder's version because he really doesn't work here. And by all accounts, he does um, have a lot more screen time and a much better emotional arc in the Snyder version. Again, we haven't seen it yet on purpose, so you probably know already. Uh, he was originally meant to be the heart of the film. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a mess. Like, this idea that he can't control the suit is really not explained very well. Him being pissed off with his dad for saving his life is like, that's how? Why are you? Surely that was a good thing? I'm looking forward to seeing more of this. I don't know how you guys feel about Cyborg, but for me, I was just left like, he just comes across as really aggy. I mean, I forgot it was even in this film, and, and I'm being on it. I only watched it like three days ago, and then I was look, doing a little bit of research, and it's in pictures. I was like, "Oh yeah, shit, yeah, you were in it," which is ridiculous. The thing is, for me, I'm looking at this completely fresh because I've avoided uh, Batman versus Superman and Man of Steel, and I avoided Batman versus Superman because of Batman, because I just had a, a horror of Ben Affleck as Batman, and I just avoided it on purpose. And so the scene you were talking about where he's on the roof with the robber, I was like, all right, I have had to confront this prejudice of mine that I do not accept Ben Affleck as Batman, but he's going to really surprise me here, and I'm just going to be like head over heels about it. No, wrong. So then at this point, bear in mind what you've said about the Wonder Woman scene. I was like, the film is going to make an attempt to connect with an audience that might come to it fresh. It's just going to do that because it did it with Wonder Woman. That is, that's, that's say, say if you don't know anything about Wonder Woman or you only know the basics, this is what she does. She works alone. She's a good person. She saves kids, all the rest of it. And then by the time we got to Cyborg, I was like, I actually give up because this film is not for me. I have not done the required reading and it's not going to help me out in any way. It's going to make me laugh at points and bedazzle me with a bit of CGI. But in terms of following a story, I give up. Yeah, I think the interesting thing with Cyborg is is supposedly his his in this story is his human side is warring with his artificial consciousness that his grieving father's put inside him, and that's the the internal conflict he's going through. But because they don't explore it um, in the two hours, he just he's on the surface he's brooding, but really he's just miserable and 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 slows proceedings down and and I think the the film is 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 worse every time he's on screen. Yeah, uh, and also it's not that you haven't done the required reading, Victoria. It's that this movie is introducing these characters to everyone. Like, I mean, obviously comic book fans would uh, know a lot more, but in terms of if you're a moviegoer, we are meeting Cyborg. I, I, I've watched Man of Steel. I'd watched BVS, and I was meeting Cyborg for the first time. So I, I'm in exactly the same boat as you. There was no way of knowing anything more about this character. It is just a fumbled introduction by trying to cram too much in to two hours. As simple as that. Well, it's I mean, a bad Zach introduction, though, said- because also I don't think the issue is the runtime, or I just think it's badly done because there's there's so many films from Dirty Dozen to Ocean's Eleven to even Police Academy where you can introduce. A lot of characters in a short amount of time and give you enough to keep you going. But here I just think it completely fails with his character. Apart from the fact I like that his dad is Miles Dyson. 
Yeah, that's he's, great, isn't he? Working left, in another he left, lab. He left Skynet <laughs> to join Star Lab. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Well, talking about introductions, Steppenwolf turns up now. And um, I will say, initially, I know people hate Steppenwolf as a villain. Initially, I don't think he's that bad. Uh, I mean, I'm not like a fan, but I don't think he's a terrible villain when he arrives in Themyscira. Uh, I, it just The problem is that as the film goes on, nothing changes. He doesn't develop at all and he's not in it enough, and there's no added threat, there's no change to him. He's just sort of always there in the background, oh. stealing boxes. <laughs> but he... But to, no, I, 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 I mean, it is bad, because he looks bad, and he's saying... He's got these terrible lines that he has to keep delivering, and he doesn't at any point ever seem like a real character or thing or person. Like, just... I don't feel like at any point does he come across as any kind of threat to these characters. Well, it's just, it's not clear what kind of threats he is. I, I, I think, that, I mean, I think there's the problem. It's like, you know, he comes in and he's got this big fight with the Amazons and he, he fairly trounces them. And there are some nice moments, I will say, in this fight when they attach the arrow to the box and fire it. You know, you know, I love a crap. good action sequence. Crap. Oh, really? It's crap. I, Only I because it. I like it for what it is, but you're dragging, like, it's like Chris is saying, we've got, I think keeping it to two hours was sensible given what it's like. Um, but you've got scenes that are stretched out on purpose. Having a relay race with a box and women on horses is dragging out the scene to make a chase. But you could have used that time to use Steppenwolf's smarts, character, whatever, to be involved in the chase beyond it. this box, <laughs> a box being thrown around. It's, I love, you know, I like the idea of it, but it's too long. And all you're what you're not watching a character develop at all. You're just watching a relay race. Stupid. And also, the Amazonians um, have been made very clearly look like CG characters. They don't look particularly human during this chase. They don't seem to have any weight or mass as they're riding along on their horses. So it feels like it feels less like a movie and more like a cutscene from a video game. Mm. Yeah. I mean, my only problem is when she's running out of the temple with the box and she's like, close the gates. She, what she meant was close all the gates, but behind me. Don't close that one in front of me. Don't smash those logs. Wait until I'm out with the box. Idiots. Did we not practice this a billion times for just this eventuality? And then you smashed it before I'm out. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Um, and then finally, God, are we still are we still introducing uh, these people? Uh, no, no, I think we've done all the introductions now. Oh well, we've got um, uh, we've got uh, uh, Martha Kent and Lois Lane in in what is hands down the worst scene in this film, uh, which is when they're talking. It start, It's just a very strange scene. It starts with some footage on the TV of a, a woman talking about her husband being probed by aliens and how she's going to probe those aliens back, which <laughs> seems to bear no reference to anything else in the film. I'm not clear if her husband is someone we should know. Yeah, he's the, he's the janitor um, who says something to... Um, Miles Dyson earlier in the film. He's the she's the wife of the janitor, and that janitor right. has been kidnapped from Star Labs by a parademon. Um, and as you say, she's stating that she'd like to do something unspeakable with an alien probe, and that's supposed to be funny, but it isn't because it's her husband who's been kidnapped <laughs> and is going to be murdered. And so it's just <laughs> these these weird tonal shifts, you know. Yeah, because put we humor need here, we put need... humor here, put humor here, and it just does yeah. not fit. Because you need that. I mean, when we come to that bit, the bits where there's hostages there, it's like I, I want to feel like genuinely worried 
about these hostages and their well-being. And had that moment been used with her in an emotional beat, as opposed to some probing nonsense, it would have, it would, have, I'd have cared more about what happened to him. Uh, as it stands, you you very quickly forget about the probing because uh, Lois and Martha are talking about Superman. Uh, Martha's lost the farm. Lois is doing fluff pieces about kitten grooming. And uh, Martha is surprised at this uh, because uh, Clark said, you were the thirstiest young woman he's ever met. <laughs> oh, uh, I just, I was just you sick. Poor I Amy just... Adams having to pull a face. And then Martha goes, um, um, hungriest. It's What's just the it, earth? It just hurts me that it's Amy Adams is in this. It physically hurts me to see this. It's embarrassing. It's just, it's, it's so awful, though. It's so awful. It's, it's like, I just, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, the Wonder Woman uh, comes to see Batman. They go for a stroll by a lake. Uh, it's almost inconsequential whether there's a lake in the background because it's a conversation told with montages. Um, <laughs> l- literally, Gal Gadot, you almost expect her to go, well, the three mother boxes don't contain power. They are power. Turn to camera, cue mother box montage <laughs> uh, and so the boxes combine to form the unity the unity is then used by steppenwolf to turn a planet into and i'm quoting the primordial hellscape of his birth world uh but so, question question if mm. if you come from a primordial in your words hellscape <laughs> why would you want to transform every why would you want to move to a primordial hellscape why don't you turn into a nice beach or if you don't like sand a big garden <laughs> like hellscape is the key here. <laughs> Move away from that word. Uh, it's, it's a valid point. <laughs> um, there's a there's a montage of a, of a big battle uh, in which he is beaten, and then the boxes are, are divided up. Um, one box was given to the elves, one to the dwarf lords. <laughs> the box <Copy> of men, <laughs> the box of men was buried in secret. Yeah, Somebody yeah we just know. watched Lord of the Rings. Yeah, uh, it is um, funny though that, that the humans just just put it in a hole, <laughs> the ground. <laughs> yeah, and why aren't they? It should have been something there where they bury it, and then everyone there is murdered because they know where it's buried, and that's the price they paid to bury this box and keep it safe. Any one of them could go, I might go get that box, you know. I bet it's, <laughs> I bet it's worth something. Um, uh, Batman now uh, meets uh, the Flash himself. He recruits the Flash. I, I like this scene. Um, I do actually like this scene. Although, once again, because of all the reshoots, Ben Affleck's hair is different in every scene in this movie. <laughs> it's uh, astonishing. And in this scene, but, uh, despite uh, me liking it, he's he's really, really, he's very Alan Partridge in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you know, you've just said, we've just said that, that you know, they nicked from Lord of the Rings. Um, in that previous uh, montage, here it's just Tony Stark visiting Peter Parker. Um, in terms of both their behaviours, but the trouble is, Affleck isn't no Danny Junior, and and Ezra Miller isn't no Tom Hollander, so it's just not as fun. It's not as interesting. Yeah, it's still it's. <sighs> It, it starts well. I do not mind the bit where sitting in my favorite, uh, second favorite chair. I like little. Uh, I like his character, but again, 
they push it too far because yeah. it starts off well. And then once more, you've got another reshoot here where they've gone dial up the funny of Ezra Miller's character. And he goes on and on about brunch. Yeah. And, and you're he, like, what Surely what they this? tested that and, and, and audiences didn't laugh. That just seems obvious to just pull that out to me. And But they just doubled down and made it a running joke. Mm. Well, I mean, exactly. I mean, all that bit is about brunch is a setup for a mid-credits sequence where he is having a race with Superman and Superman mentions brunch again. Um, Wonder Woman meets Cyborg. More moping and misery here. It's this conversation. It's like two people trying to compete for who has the most tragic story. Yeah. He starts telling her his story. And for the second time in five minutes, she's banging on about Steve Trevor again. I, sorry, goes, I can't say Steve Trevor without laughing. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Steve Trevor. I mean, I know it's in the canon, but there was no one like, can we not just call him something else? Steve is funny in itself. Trevor is funny. Together, it's too much. Apologies to all the Trevors and Steves who listen to of our course, show. Got, I very much enjoy to... your names. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but just someone as like majestic as Wonder Woman saying, Steve, you know, I miss Steve. <laughs> should it, should it have been a, do you think it should have been a Clive then? <laughs> But also, oh, my love for Trevor, too much. And then when Ben Affleck says to her, oh, you're thinking about Steve Trevor again? <laughs> it's just, it's too, it's too, too much. But you're right, it's rude. Because Cyborg's like, I have this story to tell and I'm in pain and listen to me. She's like, yeah, blah, blah, listen to my story. Yeah. He, if he's been to Tenerife, she's been to Elevenerife. <laughs> yeah, he literally just go, I'm a monster. And she's like... I lost someone I loved. <laughs> yeah. Okay, take a moment. But the best thing is, at the end, he does, literally, he's had enough, he just flies off, which would be great <laughs> if you could exit a conversation like that. She's like, I lost someone. <laughs> gone. He's gone. Uh, more people talking now about stuff to do with other films. Aquaman and Mira have a chat and an underwhelming underwater fight. Uh, and this is where things, for me, I've actually tolerated this movie quite well. I don't mind the start of this movie. I think, you know, it's disjointed, but we're having to assemble all these heroes, give them a bit of an introduction. When we get to the Russian family who live next to an old power station that had a meltdown 30 years ago, but isn't Chernobyl, uh, (laughs) we are then asked to... uh, Why? 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 Uh, We are then asked to invest in the fate of a family who we don't know and for some reason are trapped in a home by parademons who never enter the home. They just crawl around the outside side of the hoe and there's a terrible joke with some bug spray uh it's awful this is this is actually awful cinema fact um and then we get our first big fights between our heroes and steppenwolf um which is a bit of a mess as well if i'm honest in a superhero movie like this these fights just need goosebump moments you need moments that you go oof that's incredible. Wow, I haven't seen that before. There's one here, which is where the Flash pings the sword back into Wonder Woman's hands, which is then buttoned with an embarrassing moment where he falls on top of her. Thank you for that, Joss Whedon. Oh, yeah. But it's... <laughs> yeah, you get a re- you've got a real buzz uh, watching the Avengers fight together for the first time, whereas here I found it just a little bit depressing. It's, it's just simple things, though, in this. First of all... Um, the Nightcrawler, get rid of that. Why would you build something that is so slow and unexciting and then have it wandering around and it, it, its capabilities being like a, a bit rubbish? I really don't like that as a bit of hardware, personally. B, you need them to lose this fight quite drastically because they've never worked together before and 
they haven't they aren't used to doing it so they get under each other's feet they make a mess of things this needs to be a loss for them at the hands of steppenwolf so that when they work together at the end we're like wow they've learned how to work as a team but it's not it's not really clear. Aquaman does help. He saves them, and they do seem to work as a team. Steppenwolf kind of leaves because he just wants to. He just thought, mm-hmm. like, I've had enough. This is a bit boring, isn't it? I'm probably going to go. It's it's a confusing fight in terms of what it adds to the narrative. Doesn't he leave because mother is calling? Doesn't isn't that what he says? <laughs> <laughs> does he really? <laughs> mother yeah, is calling. So. <laughs> that was my mum on the phone. I got to go. <laughs> Um, back to the Batcave, massive debate. Uh, we know it's the Batcave because Ezra Miller enters and goes, it's a cave, like a Batcave. Please, stop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we could have worked out it's the Batcave. Um, then uh, there's a conversation about science, ethics, guilt, and moving on while simultaneously saying phrases like it's a perpetual energy matrix. Uh, <laughs> it's a very long conversation, this. Uh, at one point, someone even points out how long it is. <laughs> Bruce Wayne goes, Steppenwolf's not out there talking about ethics. And you're like, why aren't we with him then? <laughs> That sounds better than this. Uh, yeah, but uh, Bruce Wayne comes across as such a prick in this scene. Um, that you know that 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 comment that Vicky mentioned that the Steve Trevor jab he he takes swipe he takes at Wonder Woman. Uh, he says he's doing it because he's pushing her to lead the team. But I just don't think he would behave like this, say things like this. I really think they get Batman wrong. Even at the start, the thief you, you mentioned at the beginning that he he stops. He doesn't arre- he doesn't take that guy to the police or arrest him or anything. He just sort of leaves him. I just don't think Batman behaves like Batman. At- at all in this movie not just a thief attempted murder he pulls a gun out and tries to kill batman that man has no no problem with shooting people who get in his way and and yet he's just left there because an alien army from space that's Hmm. helped batman out so he's very forgiving in that moment uh bottom line they decide to bring superman back from the dead uh, because they're actually rubbish without him and can't defeat Steppenwolf. Uh, Wonder Woman's all like, I got a bad feeling about this. Uh, <laughs> she's not wrong. Uh, they wake Superman up. Um, uh, oh, sorry, we have to endure a very painful grave digging sequence, which I, I don't know. Uh, why is he didn't... buried in a normal place? Like, if you, why would Superman be buried in a normal place? Like, I know that not everyone knows he's Superman, but still, it's just, it Clark shouldn't Kent, be that Clark, easy, should Clark it? Kent, Clark Kent got buried. Mm, right, yeah, yes. that's Clark Kent's grave. Okay, so they did. Just to be really quick, but just tell me what happened. Oh, they had to fight the what's that bloody doomsday. Creepy, uh, uh, yeah, Doomsday that Lex Luthor created, and then Superman right. um, gets stabbed with something bit of kryptonite. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it ends, right. it ends, right. it ends with with Superman's death and and Clark Kent's funeral. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. A real feel-good ending to that movie. Um, <laughs> I will say this. Uh, I think between this and Mission Impossible Fallout, evil Henry Cavill is my favourite Henry Cavill. He's brilliant when he's being absolutely awful. Uh, I, 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 I'm I, very interested to know whether you think he'd be a good Bond because he is my desire for the next Bond, Henry Cavill. You know who I think would be a good Bond? I've told you before, we've had massive arguments about it in the pub. Gillian Anderson. Yeah, have that. God, I yes, must have so, been drunk because I don't remember that and I think I would have <laughs> you, remembered you that. You don't change a word. You don't change a word. She sleeps with who she wants to sleep. Men, women, whatever. But it's Gillian Anderson. Gillian, call me. I'll make it happen. I can't. I'll try. <laughs> I'll do my best. I've got you, Gillian. Seriously. 
I'm I'm not happy that he comes back wearing tracky bottoms. Um, Are they tracky bottoms? I thought they were pyjamas. I thought they looked like my pyjamas. And also, I think you need to earn evil Superman. Um, in in you know in the in Man of Steel, we see him kill someone. I think it was really early to have Superman kill someone in this iteration. In the second film, he's fighting Batman and he's fighting goodies. In this one, he's fighting goodies. I feel like you really need to spend time with good Superman before you really can appreciate evil Superman. Yeah, well, I mean, the assumption here is that you've watched Man of Steel and you've dealt with good Superman there. Um, well, that's what I'm saying, though. He killed so he, they went early with him killing someone. Well, you mean, are we talking uh, uh, about General Zod at the yeah, end? Yeah, I think you, you've got to build towards that over, over a couple of films rather than have him in, the, in his first outing kill someone because it sort of goes against Superman's ethos. And I think, I, I just think they, got, I think they muddled it up. He's, I, I, you know, I understand Zack Snyder's trying to deconstruct these superheroes like he did in Watchmen, but, but Watchmen was all about deconstructing superheroes. Uh, that's why those characters were invented. That's not why these characters were invented. And it just feels like a, a waste of everybody's time to, to rush in with that approach to these characters. Yeah. I mean, but I read an interesting article about uh, 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 about that, which is quite simply, you know, this is it's just a bad fit. What, what Warner's wanted to do, which was, you know, fast track their DCEU into, you know, making it, the MCU overnight, and they just picked they picked Zack Snyder, who I you know I I like and I like his visuals and I, I like him as a filmmaker. I think he makes some interesting films, but he is the wrong person to make this movie. Um, to look in terms of you know ticking the box that the studio wants, it's just it's a terrible fit. The two don't go together. He's interested, like we said at the start, in like these superheroes being like gods and uh, then not having any human qualities really and or at least trying to find their own humanity while dealing with these powers it's um it's it's everything the mcu isn't so strange 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 mix of ideas there um uh, we learned that Batman wants to give up uh, on this. Bruce Wayne uh, says, uh, well, Wonder Woman says to him, you can't do this forever. And he says, I can barely do it now while he's drinking half a pint of whiskey, which <laughs> will speed up that decision. Um, then, <laughs> oh, God, painful Lois and Clark scene. You want a bit of heart here where they've gone to the house and she says, you brought me here and you've barely been in the house, his old farm. And he's like, I just got out of a wooden box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she, she, she should be like, Jesus, that's a reach. Like you're getting pissy because you think you can compare this house to a coffin, and you think that's what I was saying. Chill the fuck out, dude. That is not what I was saying. Um, also, also uh, but on top of that. In that previous scene with Superman, they, they've got the mother box. They possess the mother box, and then they leave yeah. it on a car. <laughs> and Steppenwolf takes true. it away. The whole thing yeah. they were trying to avoid. Yeah. They've made happen themselves by bringing Superman back and then buggering about with him while they've left the thing they're trying to protect on a car. Yeah. <laughs> like your wallet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, they lose uh, the box. Bad. And also, isn't this the point where Diana says to Superman, she's like, oh, you smell good. And I was like, what? What? 20 minutes ago, he was dead and then he was dipped in amniotic fluid. <laughs> he doesn't smell good, doesn't. does he? Doesn't. I get that you're attracted to him, but think of a way around it. He literally doesn't smell any good. Yeah. Well, she's, she says, she also says, oh, I wasn't strong while you were dead. You'd have been disappointed in me. 
uh, but he he basically says, uh, "Don't worry, I'm back now, uh, so you can be strong again." Because you know, <laughs> your man is here. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, shall we get to the climax? Um, um, on the way to the climax, um, there's a bit with. Aquaman and the lasso of truth around him, and he starts saying weird stuff about fancying Wonder Woman before he realizes that the lasso is around him. Very strange. Uh, if only made stranger when he goes up to Ezra Miller and says, "You say anything about this, and you'll meet every prawn I know." <laughs> I <don't> know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, just gone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I've cracked up. You might need to cut it out. I can't stop. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, it's quite oh. funny. Wait, it's how is it? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My heart is racing. God, I'm not sure I'm all right. <laughs> oh, no. You'll be every prone I know. Oh, God. Oh, what, God. Why do you think it's all right, Chris? Because I, I don't get it. I'm, I, I'm, I'm lost as to what it's... Is it like a, is it like a sleeping with the fishes? Like, no, is it like he's going to... What is it then? No, I, put, I, I mean, the bit right? where he says he fancies Wonder Woman, that bit's all right. This bit's shit. Oh. Yeah, yeah it's fine. It's... But as a joke, it's fun. But this is the problem with this script. Why not use that to reveal a deception as well as get a laugh? Like, he sat on this rope yeah. by accident and he's like, I've, you're hot or whatever. And then, oh, blurts out, oh, actually, I'm working with Steppenwolf or whatever. <laughs> but he just uses it for one joke. It's, it's like you said, Chris, someone's gone through the script and put, put a joke in, put a joke in, put a joke in with no impact or consequence for the rest of the story. Madness. Mm. Yeah, it's true. Uh, also, uh, we get to Russia. Uh, Batman uses a signal to attract all the bugs in a big swarm. And you realise that the climax of this movie is exactly the same as 2012's Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, this movie <laughs> literally has no shame in borrowing from everywhere. There's a signal that attracts big bugs. It's Wreck-It Ralph. Um, it's so ugly, this climax. I really hate it. I don't know why Whedon made the sky red. It's very Highlander 2. And uh, I just, I, I, I do not like it. Um, it's also ridiculous. Uh, at one point, Batman steals one of the alien's guns, at which point he becomes a much more efficient hero and actually takes out a lot of aliens, making you think, well, Batman should just carry a gun then <laughs> at that point because he's doing a lot better. Now he has a laser gun. And also, oh. they've got, they had to really contrive to get to bring Superman back and then disappear him for the next 20 minutes. So he's not there for the duration of the battle. Um, yeah, and it's, again, it's just messy, you know. It's, it, it's as soon as he's he's back to normal with with Lois, shouldn't he be there with them, saving the planet? But he's not because it wouldn't work for the climax if he was there from the beginning because it would all be over. Absolutely, and also he's the only one who can beat Steppenwolf, and everyone was losing. He turns up, beats up Steppenwolf, and then goes, "Oh, wait, some people need rescuing." Uh, you're on your own again because that was going well and disappears for a second time. Yeah. Uh, we do get some conclusions of the character arcs. Uh, Cyborg uh, says, I want to be alive now. Wonder Woman learns how to be a leader. Uh, unfortunately, coupled with Wonder Woman becoming a leader, she's forced into that awful mother role that women have to sometimes play in a group like this where a couple of the male characters are making a joke and she says, children. Oh, I God. work with children. Oh, my God. Oh, just God. doesn't feel like her, and it's immediately making oh man, babies having a good time, while she's like tut 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 boys, lads, stop lads, messing lads. about. <laughs> right? 
<laughs> Such a terrible moment. Yep. And uh, yeah. And then Lois Lane uh, narrates us out by reading an article aloud that she's writing for the Daily Planet uh, about lightness and darkness and belief, at which point you unsubscribe to that paper because (laughs) (laughs) you don't want to read that. We we find out that Uh, that, um, Bruce has got the Kent family home back and and Clark asks him how. And he says, I bought the because the bank owns it. And he says, I bought the bank. Why why didn't he just buy the house? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I paid the mortgage, got it back. So that's how that works, uh, just for future ref. He's not a very good businessman. <laughs> that's the kind of thing he does. <laughs> um, I don't have anything. Shall we just do the bits? Yeah, I mean, you've got the mid credit scene, which you mentioned. Um, mm, I can't, which, I won't. It's quite Rocky Three, uh, uh, but not as awful. good. And then obviously I think you, you, you could, we could mention the fact that Deathstroke is introduced in the post credit scene. Yeah. So that post credit scene went through so many iterations. Like initially it was going to be a couple of Green Lanterns visiting Bruce Wayne and that was going to be setting up the Green Lantern Corp movie that was going to happen. Then it was going to be setting up the um, Batman movie that Ben Affleck was going to be directing, the Batman, when he was going to direct himself in that. And then obviously when those were scrapped, it was going to be setting up the next, I guess, the Justice League part two that Snyder was going to make which was going to have the Injustice League in it, which is what they're referring to. And and it's probably part of the, we should say it's probably part of the reason that Steppenwolf is so bad here is because he was just a herald, really, setting up Darkseid for Justice League Part 2, who would have popped up here at some point. And so um, I think we would it would have felt different if this had been the first part of the two-part story that they'd originally planned. Well, wasn't Steppenwolf was? Uh, it was originally he was going to link uh, Suicide Squad to this because he was going to be the the villain in Suicide Squad who was controlling Enchantress with a mother box, and he was going to feature in that final fight. And well, here's one of the good things about a CGI character: they just plucked him out and put in CGI Incubus, <laughs> her brother, in that sequence. Just went, yeah, he was. That's 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 the that's the and guy that, now, and that made it much better. <laughs> hey, we're not doing Suicide Squad today. I. I'm a Suicide Squad defender, so less of that. We've got enough on our plate with this. Right, the bits. Best scene. Victoria. Always, I tell you, I tell you what. Slim pickings. <laughs> I've really struggled. I'm sorry if I've been a bit pouty, but I have, I've really, really, really struggled. Um, so, I don't know. I liked the bit. I mean, but then I like these bits, but then there's just shit. Like, when the Flash runs in a circle to revive Superman, that could have been good if there was jeopardy that it might not work, but there's no jeopardy and it obviously will work. So, whatever. And then when whatever that boss lady fire, fire light the ancient fires and then oh i hope diana sees it and you're like oh cool how will she not see it cut to yeah saw it that's just funny you say that though because that, that's that's absolutely right this movie just there's no problem that isn't solved in the next scene every yeah. problem that it creates it goes this is the problem there's the solution yeah, it's what's like next I said, oh New i've problem. got to find aquaman what a mystery oh he's in the pub i've walked in so the best scene is gonna be the bad superman fights the good guys because it was fun and it was like it's the only bit i can really remember i don't remember the beats of it but it was fun to see a yeah dark henry cavill all good so that's it chris 
Yeah, I mean, we've obviously done bad films in the past on this podcast, but I don't think I've done where I found it this difficult to find a scene. Yeah, that's is how it, I feel. Is this the I worst? I don't mind a bad film, really. Is but this the worst it's... film we've done? Um, I'm picking the same as Vicky. Um, I mean, what comes before it and after it's terrible. Uh, but there are there are a couple of really entertaining moments when he's fighting the rest of the league. I mean, it's not even close to when bad Superman is fighting himself in the Christopher Reeve movies. Now that's <laughs> properly <laughs> memorable. But it's there's enough cool moments here in that sequence for me to pick that. Yeah. Uh... I quite like Ben Affleck standing at the top of that cliff looking down on the little village he's about to visit. I just think it looks really good. Like you really I, I, you get a sense of the scale of yeah, I like cliffs as well. So yours yours villages. is essentially a a, a photograph. <laughs> <laughs> yours is a, yours is a uh, movie still. <laughs> It's it's pretty much yeah. Uh, I I I don't know what else you can pick really. I maybe fine, fine. Ben Affleck meeting Barry Allen. Yeah, the, when he meets the Flash, and there's a joke about a second favorite chair. But before it gets to brunch, everything mm. up until brunch in that sequence, I'll take that. Um, <laughs> it's so hard. It's, do you know what the problem with this film is? Like, and even talking about it, it's just sort of depressingly bad. It's like it's sort of joylessly bad. It's not even like that's bad and and sort of fun it's just just sort of really turgid anyway what's your mvw chris um uh gal gadot um because she doesn't do anything wrong in this film i mean i was someone who thought she was bad casting for for wonder woman i really thought she was pretty terrible in the fast and furious films but she's a fantastic wonder woman i had to eat my words and she's sort of playing the superman role here of of decency and compassion and she's the moral center of the film and i think she does a good job so well done gal nice one yeah agreed victoria um it's uh, Kieran Hines's voice <laughs> uh, Steppenwolf that's some great voice acting right there 100% um, and also I just watched The Terror and he was in that and he was fucking brilliant oh! in that so. oh my god <laughs> that, that is so good he is fantastic in that he's really he's so really good, good. In that. Yeah. apparently he'd never done motion capture before and uh, it was uh, he had to ask his friend Liam Neeson for advice about motion capture I was, oh, like, really? I was like what movie has Liam Neeson done motion capture but it was a monster calls I can't remember um, yeah all right. that's it yeah that's good I think that's fine uh, Jeremy Irons is mine love a yeah. bit of Jeremy Irons and mm. uh, you know he, he he sort of does his bits quite well I quite like his Alfred I like the fact he sort of walks around in old military fatigues Um despite never engaging in any kind of combat or action, he's always <laughs> in like military boots and an old military jumper. And I'm like, cool. So he's more physical. No, just sits in front of monitors. Nevertheless. <laughs> I watched, I watched what I think is his first movie role this week. Um, a movie about the, the ballet dancer Najinsky and um, he's acting opposite Doc Cotton. <laughs> really? <laughs> Which I was not expecting when he shows up on it screen. Was... It's him and Doc going toe to toe. It was Jeremy Irons who was on uh, Play Away. Remember that children's yes. TV show in the 80s? Yeah. That's where he began, Play Away. He was one of the cast on that. Um, right then, big one to end on. Um, what would you change um, about Justice League, Victoria? Right, so when Ben Affleck is saying to uh, in the gang, 
uh, we're going to wake Superman up and someone says, all right, um, if you're the first person he sees, yeah, you want to watch out. So what I think should happen is, because as we all know, um, what the, the first person that a newborn sees, they just think that that's their caregiver, that that's their mum. So I think, yeah, Batman should be the first thing that newborn Superman sees. And then Batman has to hold him and feed him until he remembers who he really is. Uh, because try and make that funny, Joss Whedon, I dare so- you. What? Like you'd want the bat nipples back on the bat suit. Like oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh well, let's not let's not be you know um, judgmental. If you want to bottle feed, uh, fed is best. Uh, right. You know, breastfeeding. Obviously, we need to support people in breastfeeding in their journeys, but also bottle feeding is and a fantastic thinking, choice. Are you thinking, Joss? Is that a challenge that you think Joss Whedon is up to? Are you, are you saying he could make it funny, or are you saying it's unlikely that's ever been like hey, considered as? Uh, who am I to judge? Who am I? I'm throwing down the challenge. The thing is, when they're doing the scene, they're like, "Oh, you'll know what happens if he's the first person you see." It's like he will attach to you like a duckling. <laughs> that's what will happen. <laughs> so you've put it out there. Let's see Superman trailing Batman round, going, "Mama, Mama." <laughs> for an hour and a half and just see where we are after that. Alex, what's happening? I don't, I don't, I don't know, but honestly, it's already more entertaining than everything else <laughs> in this movie. Agreed. So, Agreed. So Jay, Superman suckling Batman um, mm-hmm. is, is fine by me right now. Fine. Chris? <laughs> um, I, I think I would change a character I'm calling Miss Steppenwolf. <laughs> Um, I, I disagree with, with Vicky, to be honest. I think Kieran Hines doesn't do a particularly good job doing the, the old voice acting. Uh, just none of it fits together. Uh, and I don't think it's his fault at all. I think he's a great actor. But, you know, Marvel has a villain problem. But I don't think even Malekith from Thor 2 is as underdeveloped and dumb and pointless as Steppenwolf. <laughs> um, so sort out the villain. Uh, I mean, there's a million things I could say, but I think the other ar- overarching thing I would suggest is maybe get Kevin Feige in to oversee these films. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I think uh, I think mine would have to be don't try and reverse engineer the MCU uh, by starting with your Avengers movie. Probably work up to that. Uh, introduce a few characters beforehand in their own movies. Otherwise, you have two hours of exposition. Uh, so that's that's mine. I will say this off the back of covering this because it's been a bit of a bit of a ugh, like a slog, like watching this film. It has made me very, very, very excited to see the Zack Snyder version and to be talking about it on Thursday's show. I'm probably going to watch it immediately and after we finish up here today because I, I I did sort of try and work out which scenes I loved and which scenes I didn't like in Justice League and most of the bits that I like are Zack Snyder's work and most of the bits I don't like are Joss Whedon's work not because I don't always dislike just no because I, I I don't dislike Joss Whedon's work in other films I just think in this it sits so at odds with everything else that it 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 it, it, it doesn't work <laughs> simply put it doesn't work at all so um so yeah I'm looking forward to looking forward to four hours of Zack Snyder's vision are you <laughs> Yeah, I tell you what, I weirdly am because it it feels like a challenge, but it has to be better. So, uh, I mean, is it four hours better? I don't know, but uh, let's find out. It's fine. All right. On that note, shall we do a quick quiz? 
Well, it's been a bit long oh. today, but then there's a lot to get through. Are we doing a quiz? Yes, you've 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 primed it quite well uh, because it is a quick quiz. Are you all up to speed? Because inspired by the Flash, we're doing a speed quiz. Oh, all right. We're kicking off with some multiple choice. So, what is the fastest fish? Is it swordfish? A mako shark. <laughs> a black marlin or a mako shark? A mako black shark. Marlin. Mako shark. <laughs> black <laughs> marlin. It's marlin. Fuck off. No, it's not. <laughs> 82 miles per hour. Really? Uh, what is the fastest bird? Is it ostrich, golden eagle or peregrine falcon? Peregrine fastest, falcon. Fastest at flying or fastest at running? Flying. Uh, a falcon, yes. Or running. Um, it, it's the falcon anyway. You're both right. Yeah, because it can dive at a ridiculous speed, can't it? And what is the fastest mammal? Is it cheetah, cheetah. springbok or gazelle? Cheetah. cheetah. Excellent. Excellent. Well played. Um, now, the uh, these are just, these are not multiple choice. Three oh. more questions. <laughs> in September 1997, who had the fastest selling single in UK chart history? Uh, the Spice Girls. It sold 1.55 million copies in its first week. 1997 was the year. Oh, Oasis or Blur. Wet, wet. <laughs> we did a podcast about him. Did we? Meatloaf. <laughs> oh, no, that wasn't us. <laughs> <laughs> about one person. Yeah, something happened oh, in 1997. Oh, yeah, Elton John, Correct. Candle in the Wind. Correct. <laughs> oh. yeah, the clue was in the year. Um, yeah, sorry. Who is the fastest human over 100 metres? Usain Bolt. Correct. And uh, which actor is killed off at the start of the movie Speed? Oh. oh Jeff Bridges. Oh, is that right? No. Oh, what's his name? The guy looks like Jeff Bridges and I get him confused all the Thinking time. Um, I can't remember his name. I can't, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. I get him confused with Bill Pullman sometimes. Yes, yes, Daniels, Daniels, Jeff Daniels. Correct, oh. Vicky. Yes, <laughs> Vicky's victory for Vicky. Yes, I needed it. I did. I'm sorry, Alex, but I did. I thought you were a shoe in to get the speed question. I did. Oh, I can't believe that. I'm embarrassed over here. They do look very I'm similar, though, and also look like Bill Pullman. Apparently, so there's, <laughs> there's a lot to choose from. You're right, Alex. I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm honestly, I'm reeling over here. I think that's the first time in about three weeks that I've lost a quiz. But um, oh god, you're so cocky. Uh, I'll deal with it. Should we do the clue then? Um, Because as I said, we are doing um, an Oscar season with the Academy Awards fast approaching. We are going to do a month in which we'll be featuring a former Best Picture winner each week. Um, Alex is going to give us our first pairing. Um, What's your clue, Alex? Punching above its weight. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so i'm guessing you might get one of the films <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it punching above its weight that is my clue for the first double bill of oscar season on clash of the titles uh right then uh that is us done we are going to be back on thursday having finally watched Zack snyder's justice league and in the meantime please subscribe to us rate and review us if you have the time and it's a great help uh, if you could follow us on twitter and instagram too uh, which is at clash pod on both back on thursday bye-bye this was a stakhanov production and part of the acast creative network
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.